Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're live. We're live again. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are here to, um, to have a fireside chat about the business of coaching. Um, for the International Coaching Week 2021 with Kim Adele and Cindy Kaur. Hopefully it's pronounced Kaur with some luck. And um, yeah, and both of you are coaches. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of, I've got a load of questions here, which took a long time to create. And um, yeah, we're going to kind of talk a bit about uh, coaching, what it is. Um, but I think first, be good if you if you both explain you know, kind of how you became a coach uh, and what you what you actually do. So, I think Cindy first would be would be good if you don't mind. Okay, okay. So, my background is in corporate retail. Um, I worked um, for a leading health and beauty retailer for thirteen years, mainly in marketing and trends management. And um, I took the opportunity for redundancy at a time in my life when I felt like things needed to change. And I had a bit of a burnout and part of my recovery was using a coach. And what I learned through that journey was so profound. I thought I've got to know more about this. So I spent a year retraining as a life coach. And now I work with um, quite often people who've left the corporate world to set up their own business because the mindset you need as an entrepreneur and set up your own business is completely different to when you're a small cog in a big wheel. So that, that's a very quick summary. Thank you. Thank you. So, Kim, how about you? Um, so not dissimilar, really. So I had um, most of my career was corporate um, and I did quite a lot. I was very fortunate. I got a coach um, relatively early on and realised just how life changing it can be when somebody asks you the right questions that help you to really unlock um, what you're thinking and, and where you get in your own way. Um, and then I realised I spent a lot of my time coaching within my jobs. So was lucky enough to be part of the graduate schemes for a few years, helping other people. And then decided um, when I had my little girl that I was fed up of being the boss and just wanted to be helping other people to live their best life. So retrained to be a coach and I've been doing it for the last three or four years. Fantastic. Fantastic. So. Can you, can you, I think I'm going to ask you first, Kim, can you explain what coaching is and what coaches do exactly? Yeah, great question. So um, coaches really help you to see your own blind spots because we all have blind spots for a reason. We're blind to them. We can't see what they are. Um, and that can be the thing that holds us back. It can be um, a self-limiting belief. Um and your coach really is going to help you to uncover that, to find your answer. And obviously, there is also quite a lot at the moment around whether or not you get a coach or a mentor. Um, and for me, the difference between the two is, is a coach is the person that's going to help you unlock your answer. A mentor is somebody who's been there and done it, so therefore can probably show you the way. And sometimes you need a combination of the two, uh, just defines where you are at the moment. 
Thank you. So what about you, Cindy? What, what is coaching uh, to you and, and what does a coach do exactly? Um, I guess what a coach does, it helps you to gain clarity about what you want and then to make decisions that are in line with your values. That was a real life changer for me. And then also, as Kim was saying, to identify what are the limiting blocks that are stopping you from taking the action that you need to in order to get to where you want to be, whose voices are in your head that you need to evict. Super, super. So I think, Cindy, would you mind answering this first? Um, How, uh, sorry, uh, why are people turning to coaches for help? It's probably along the lines of what you sort of just started to started to talk about, really. I, th- I think that over the last year, there has been a lot of uncertainty. I think it's really shaken people. Um, we've had lockdown, we've had homeschooling, we've had home working. Um, people have spent time with their families. Um, so the whole work-life balance thing is in. I used to be in the office at seven in the morning in the dark and I'd leave at seven at night in the dark. And when I actually left for the first sunshine, you know, so there's, there's, you really start to question what's, um, what's going on. I can't actually hear. Oh, can you, sorry, I lost your sound there for a minute. My back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure where you heard up to. So, so really, I think um, there have been a lot of um, emotions around things like fear, around lack of certainty. Um, people have been told that you've got to behave in a certain way in order to be safe. And I think people have just basically closed down a little bit. And what we've seen over, what we're seeing emerging or what we've seen over the last year is some people have become rabbits in headlights and they've just been paralyzed by fear and when you're in that state of mind it's very difficult to make decisions and to see things clearly on the other hand you've had people who have um, maybe pivoted they've looked at new opportunities they've taken the bull by the thorns and they've gone out there and I think the big difference between the two has been mindset and so I think what we're going to see now is you know people as they start to come out of fear they, they're, they've got more in touch with their values. They've got more in touch with something doesn't feel right about how I was living my life, but I don't know what to do about it. And like Kim was saying, if you don't know what your blind spots are, you can't, you can't deal with them. But also when it's your own blind spots or when it's your own stuff, it's very difficult to work through it. It's easy just to, just to push it away and say, oh no, that's too difficult. I won't, I won't deal with it. So having somebody there to actually support you through the process can be really powerful. Very much so. So, over over to Kim uh, on that one. Why why are people turning to coaches for help, Kim? Um, I think people have, have realised that they don't have to do it on their own, and that actually there's no shame in asking for help. In fact, you know, there, there's been a massive swing over the last probably 10, 15 years. I remember years ago there used to be a stigma if you had a coach, it probably meant you weren't very good. <laughs> Um, and you were given one to help you get better and to, to achieve. Whereas now people realise that actually having a coach means that you're investing in yourself and your desire to be the best that you can be. And when we look at 
you know, most top athletes, politicians, business people, they've all got a coach. So it's kind of really changing that dynamic, I think, to allow people to go, well, actually, it isn't because the coach is better than you. It's because they're able to stand behind you and see where you get in your own way and where you perhaps run a little bit to the left. And if you didn't, <laughs> you could shave some time off your personal best. So I think that's why. And I think also, you know, people have been, we've all been thrown into the pandemic and and how we make that work for us. And all of a sudden, you know, we've got teams that we're trying to lead remotely. We're trying to balance, as, as Cindy said, um, our new lives, you know, and often you've got the children you've got to try and um, deal with. You've not been able to see as much of your wider family and friends. You've um, probably some people have been you know locked in on, on their own. And I think it's made people realise that they want to do something a little bit different. And maybe there's a time for change. And it can be hard to make that change on your own because you don't always know how to do it. <laughs> you might have an idea of, you know, I want to I want to do something different. I want to make this um, a pivotal time for me to go and do something else. But actually, there is that fear. And the only thing greater than fear is hope. And I think that's why people are turning to coaches to find the hopeful way of moving from where they are to where they want to be. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at professional athletes, just as an example, they have multiple coaches for, mm-hmm. for I mean, they have conditioning coaches, they have, you know, strength coaches. Um, there are all sorts. I mean, if you were if you were a professional, say you were a UFC fighter, right, you'd have a dietitian, you'd have, you know, you'd have probably five, maybe seven coaches, potentially, um, depending on, on obviously who you are and what discipline your your disciplines you're training in. Right. So who sorry, how can coaching benefit you then in your life and business, uh, Cindy? So I talk about how it benefited me. Um, for me, the biggest thing was getting to know why I respond to certain things and certain people the way I do. And that was very much getting in touch with my values and understanding that, you know, we hear about um, company values, social values, family values. But as individuals, we all have our own set of personal values that drive how we feel, how we respond to things, what motivates us, what makes us feel good. So it helps us to understand where there's conflict and it stops us needing to be right or the other person needing to be right. Because when you understand it's a values-based thing, you can step out of the emotion and um, process things in a different way. The other thing is around your beliefs, around um, how we limit our own potential, how we build our own glass ceilings. When I'm doing things now, that I never would have done in the corporate world because when I was in the corporate world, a lot of my um, striving for success was driven by low self-esteem. I had to prove to other people that I was good enough because I didn't believe it. But because of that, I was giving my power away to what other people think. Since I've trained as a coach and had coaching myself, I've taken that power back. And now I don't mind what other people think. It doesn't stop me doing things. I had huge imposter syndrome in the corporate world. And again, I'm not saying that that isn't still here, but I know how to deal with it. I know it's just a message that I'm growing and doing something different. So for me, it's been life changing. It's given me control back of my life and it's given me the courage to fail, to try new things. Something like this I could never have done a few years ago. You know, it's a case of being able to put yourself out there. And then when you 
what I found is, you know, I run a, a coaching program called Your Power Behind the Mask. And the idea is that when we feel so sort of strong within ourselves, it gives us the courage to take our masks down. When we take our masks down, it gives other people to permission to take theirs down. And it's in that place of vulnerability that true connection happens. Very much so, very much so. So Kim, how about you? How can coaching benefit you in your life and, and business? Um, so I think, you know, just, just, just as Cindy said, and I, I had a similar experience, I, I guess for me, the coaching, what really helped me do was work through the labels I was using. So, you know, I was, I was, instead of responding to what was happening, I was responding to what I made it mean. So, you know, anything that happened, I would then turn it into, well, that's because you're hopeless, Kim, or you're just a hairdresser um, and you shouldn't really be doing what, you, what you're doing and they're going to find you out. <laughs> I realised that, you know, you, you aren't where you're supposed to be. But actually, all of that was just um, bad labelling. So I was kind of creating these labels and then making them my truth. And that's what I was then fighting against, I guess. So there was a... It was probably a 20 odd year period where it didn't matter what accolade I won, what award I won, what praise I got given, what opportunity I was presented with. I didn't feel like I earned them. I didn't feel I deserved them. And most of the time I couldn't even accept them. <laughs> so you'd kind of like brush them off. I remember winning one award that I so didn't believe I deserved. I took it into the office and gave it to the team and left it there. Um, because I couldn't see that it was that it was mine, and and now you kind of look back and go, wow, what a distorted view of the world, um, and what an awful way to live. We we think about some of the language that I used on myself. I wouldn't use on another human being, even if I didn't like them, <laughs> and yet I used it on myself for a lot of years. So having a coach really helped me understand what I was doing to myself and and the impact it was having. Um, and allowed me to come up with different labels, different questions to ask myself and and have that have the confidence to fail, I guess. Um, so for years, I'd been so scared of failing. Didn't mean to say I didn't fail, but I was terrified of it so much so that even if I wasn't failing, I still thought I was um, because it was such a big fear. Whereas now, actually, the fear of failure doesn't worry me that much because we learn. You know, the only time we genuinely fail is when we stop trying, when we give up putting ourselves in this position where we can grow. Because every day, you know, as my nan used to say, bless her, she was right, every day is a school day. I think once you get into that mindset that says there's only two things that can happen, I can either get it right or I can learn a way not to do it for next time. <laughs> and either one of those moves me forward. It allows me to um, be in control of where I want to go is such a liberating way of living, having lived for you know nearly 30 years the other way where I just doubted everything and it's not a great place to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it can it can certainly free you up to live your best life. I mean that's that's in essence what we're what we're talking about, the life that you actually want to design. And like I never really believed in that until I started creating the life that I want to live. Um, and nothing is perfect, but if you're working towards something that is the direction that you want to aim towards, um, then you can actually see it. And having someone along the journey with you, I mean, I've got, I've probably got five coaches in, in, in total, yeah, various different things like sports coaches and, you know, 
all sorts of different coaches, right? But actually sharing the vision of where you want to get to and, and perhaps discussing with them like the vision of, of where you want to go is is so powerful because it's like it's it's like having a supporter who helps you hold on to that vision of, of where you want your life to go, right? Um so I, I think, you know, I'm sold on coaching, really. Uh, my friend Charlie actually introduced me to my first coach. My first, no, 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 maybe I had a, I think I had a coach about 20 years ago, but I didn't really appreciate what it was. And like you say, coaching has just evolved in the past 15 years and people aren't so stigmatized around saying that they have a coach or they have coaches or whatever, right? Um, but I think a lot of people are kind of worried you know about money and and things like this right but so who do you think should consider hiring a coach um and how much do you think it should cost uh kim um for me i think you know anybody who's wanting help to unlock their potential and, and live the life they dream of if you're not living the life you dream of right now then it's worth considering getting a coach who's going to be able to help you because some of that is in having those conversations where you start to define it often we know what we don't want but we've not clearly defined what we do um and it's very hard to go and achieve what we want if we don't know what it is that we're looking for because we don't know how to go and find it and that can be kind of what what a coach does and i think for me the you know kind of the how much does it cost that can really vary and um, dependent on who it is you want to get coaching from what kind of coaching it is that you're looking for so I think I would suggest people do the do the research go and have a few conversations most coaches will do you a free complimentary initial consultation and it really has got to be a personal choice you know when I talk to potential clients very much our first conversation is do you think you are going to be able to know, like, and trust me? Because if you don't, then you're not going to open up to me. You're not going to tell me what you really want to be able to achieve. And therefore, you're not going to get the result that you want. But likewise, I'm looking to see, do I think that they're going to trust me? Do I think they're going to tell me what their real dream is? Because if not, I'm not going to be able to help them achieve it. And actually, I want to be able to, to help people. So it really is a, a kind of I guess a marriage. You're wanting to make sure that you align with each other, that you've got a similar value set, that you you've got that trust there, that you're able to share your biggest dream and turn it into a reality. So I, I always suggest to people, you know, do the research, meet a few. Don't, you know, just leap in there and, and hope for the best because this is a big investment in your life. So you want to make sure that it's a good one. Yeah. And if you hire the wrong coach, it could be it could be really bad. But also a lot of coaches like they will coach you for free. Right. Like they do pro bono things and, and you know, proportion um, of time they give away to help people. Right. I mean, because you find that if people have been in a bad place themselves, they like to give back. Right. And that's, I think, really quite important to remember. Um, so uh, same question to you, uh, Cindy. Um, who, who do you think should consider um, hiring a coach and how much does it cost? So I think so when I um, take on people, they always have a conversation first to see where they are in terms of their mindset. Are they open to being coached? Are they willing to think differently? Are they open to taking action in a supported way? Because what we'll sometimes find is people think they want coaching and they don't want to do anything about it. They're much more comfortable in the victim mentality. All they want to do is come and 
um, ju just talk about how bad their life is. And if that's the case, then I'll say, well, it would probably be cheaper to take a bottle of wine down to a friend's if that's all you want to do, you know. So it's, it's about having this open conversation because I always say that I don't want you to waste your money or my time if you're not going to take the action. Otherwise, it's like going to a gym coach and they're, they're you know, sort of coaching you through it. And then you're sitting there with a, a pizza and not taking any action. So we've got to have that honest conversation up front. Um but if they are, then, you know, in terms of price, it can go everything, like, say, from pro bono to uh, millions. So it's about um, finding out about where you are. So what, what I'll sometimes say to people, like, if somebody really is struggling and they really do need something, I, I have coached pro bono and occasionally. But then on the other end, I have my, um, my corporate prices. And what that does, that enables me then to spend some of my time doing pro bono. But the thing, it's also really important to say, not to feel guilty about um, charging the prices because I mean, I qualified back in 2005. So somebody who's had that amount of experience is going to give you a different experience and potentially get you through things quicker than somebody who's newly trained. Mm -hmm. But what I do say to people is, um, if you are struggling on the financial side, there are coaching training providers who have got final year students who are looking for case studies and looking for experience. So that might be a really good place to start. Very much so. Thank you. That's uh, that's super. So, uh, Kim, what, what do you think the difference is between coaching and therapy? There's such, there's such a vast amount of difference, I think. So, so um, with with coaching, it really is about helping you unlock where you get in your own way, identifying your blind spots. But sometimes, you know, you'll be coaching somebody and you'll realise that potentially they do need to speak to a counsellor or speak to somebody who can help them with more therapy, which is not where, where I sit at all. I'm always very, very clear that that's not my expertise and nor would I um try and support in that way because I might get that wrong. um you know I, I personally I specialize in leadership coaching so it's very much more about who they are as a leader and how they better lead their people their organization their business but sometimes you know we are we're human beings we're multifaceted and and you know, life doesn't sit in a nice, easy box. And sometimes, you know, things happen that mean that we might need some additional support. I think it's it's about signposting that for people and making sure that they know where they can go to get the right levels of support and to get people that specialise in their area. You know, one of the things somebody told me many years ago is I had too many coaches in my, in my network. And I was like, no, not really, because actually I want to be helpful to all the people that I know and all the people that I work with. And I don't specialise in every element of coaching. I know the areas that I do specialise in. And I've got great coaches in my network who specialise in areas where I don't specialise. And actually, I can introduce them and say, do you know what, for this particular thing, I think you actually need a coach that is more aligned to doing this. Or you might need a counsellor or you might need um, to go and think about some therapy. But it's about being able to support them by signposting that. Very much so. I mean, I've I've actually travelled to Guatemala to go and seek out a coach uh, in in the style of Tai Chi that I do because I didn't I didn't think there was anyone else in the world who who was up to his caliber. So 
you know, anyone watching, I'm not really bothered <laughs> what you think. <laughs> but that, but that is that is so important to find the right coaches. Absolutely. So, what do you think, uh, Cindy, about the difference between coaching and uh, and therapy? I think it's a really, um, really important question. So, for me, um, coaching is about taking you from where you are now forward and looking at how you're going to get there and then maybe identifying some of the blocks in the way. Therapy um, is often more to do with something from the past, some sort of a block, some sort of a trauma um, that needs to be dealt with before you feel you can be, before you can move forward. So I will say that with um, coaching, we might glance at the past to recognize where some things come from, but we don't, we don't dive into it. We don't get really sort of embroiled in unlocking it. Um, and if, like Kim says, you know, if, if you have got something that is more trauma-based, something that is a little bit heavier, then trying to move forward might be like moving forward with a ball and chain around your neck or around your foot. Um, so I'd always say, you know, if there is something like that, maybe get that dealt with first. Right. You're then, talking about... And then use coaching. So you're talking about sort of self-sabotage because there's a problem that needs needs dealing with, right? That's That's what you're sort of saying. It can be, but it would, it would also be something that you, you, you just, so like, I'm not trained as a psychologist. So um, so you might need somebody with more specialist skills to be able exactly. to unlock psychologically what's happening. Because otherwise, you know, if we open something up in somebody and we don't know how to hold that space and we don't know how to close it down, we can end up doing more harm than good. So it's really important to have that distinction and to recognise what our limits are. Right, right. That's that's super. I mean, this next question sort of expands a bit on that. So how, how does how does coaching differ from other forms of support then, do you think, Cindy? Um, so in terms of support, do you mean things like working counselling or? Well, any kind of support, like um, in terms of like mentorship or, um, you know, friends, family, like how does it really differ so, so in terms of friends and family, mm-hmm. um, I think the, the great thing about coaches is that they're not emotionally involved in the decisions that you make. So they don't don't try to sway you. I think sometimes um, with friends and family, even though they want you to do really well, they're, they're scared about you failing. They're scared about you looking a fool. They're scared about you getting hurt. And so they might try to hold you back. With friends, it might also be, well, actually, if you fly, then where does that leave me? So there's that emotional attachment. So having a coach will help you to have somebody who's not emotionally attached to you and they've got your best interests at heart. In terms of mentoring, um, so I think with, with coaching, a coach doesn't need to know the industry or the you know what, what a person's going through because what they're skilled at is helping the person to um, unlock their own wisdom. With mentorship, I think the mentor needs some sort of experience in the area that they're mentoring on so that they can signpost so they can um, share so in coaching you know i would never tell somebody what to do or advise them but a mentor might say well here are some of the things that we've tried in the past or how about this let me introduce you to so and so so i think there's a subtle difference and the two can work together you know sometimes and i I am also a mentor so sometimes in a coaching session i'll say can i just take my coaching hat off a, a minute and step into my mentor role here are a couple of things you could maybe have a look at right now i'm stepping back into coaching so it's just 
so the client knows what the boundaries are between the two but they can work really well together fantastic yeah that's uh, that's that's really very interesting so uh, what do you think about that kim how, how does coaching differ from other forms of support so i completely agree with, with cindy i think um it is about making sure that the person knows what it is that they're getting at what point and you know similarly i do coaching and mentoring and i try and be really really clear right now i'm coaching and actually if you want me to mentor you um i can do that but let's let's make sure that you understand we're going in we're going to mentor for this piece and then we're going to come back because the client needs to know exactly what it is that they're um getting what what service that that they are and there's certain things that you know you can mentor on because you've been there and you've done them and you know, we've all had those those moments where people are asking you coaching questions and you're just like, I don't know the answer. Could you just tell me? Because I really don't know. Um, and that's often where you need a mentor, somebody who can go, well, would it help if I share with you what I did in the same situation when I faced this for company X or Y? And, and almost that reaching back and showing you the way. And I think at different points, you can need a different combination of them. Um, I also agree, you know, sometimes when it is um, with friends and family, they have your best interests at heart, but often they might not really know how to do the thing that you're looking to do. And therefore they can sometimes feel a little unable to help you either because they're worried they might ask the wrong question or to Cindy's point, you know, there there is a bit of a fear of, well, if you go and do that, where where am I? What's that going to, you know, what's that going to do for, um, for me? So I think, I think for me, you know, it's the balance. It's finding your, it's finding your support team, I guess, particularly um, for me, for leaders. You know, they, you know, they've said for for years, it's lonely at the top. It's certainly not quiet. You know, there's a ever changing technology, automation, digitalization. Everybody wants an opinion from you. You've got the board. You've got your direct reports. You know, people are looking to you. But where do you go for your time to think for your ability to work through the questions that are in your head to make sure that you've got the right support and I think for me it's making sure you've got that rounded support you know I I, we sometimes we do just want to have the person that we can have the bottle of wine with and the pizza and go you know what tactical timeout I don't want an adult right now I just want to wallow in in my moment of self-pity um and therefore I want my you know I want my friends around me to be able to do that and like kick me out of my doldrums but then actually I don't want to live in that space so you know I also want to be able to feel like I'm taking action and they're taking the right action and that can sometimes be hard to work out what that right action is and that's for me why you know I've got coaches and it's an interesting debate I often get into you know I'm a coach but I have a coach and someone's like well does that not mean that I should just go to your coach I said well wonderful absolutely please do she's amazing I said but actually you know I've got a coach because we can't see our own blind spots we're blind to them and because I really believe in the power of coaching and and what it can do to help you unlock why would I not have one of my own if I genuinely believe having a coach is an amazing thing for people? So, you know, I have my coach to make sure that she's helping me shine a light on my blind spots in the same way that I shine a light on my clients' blind spots to help them to step into those, to grow into the space that they want to operate in and to fulfill their purpose. Because I think that's, you know, one of the things that, that I kind of help people with, and I think it's very similar, is defining their purpose first aligning it to their values and then they can evolve to their potential but if either of those two aren't aligned then actually you're always going to struggle to really fulfill your potential because 
we are driven by our values and we're driven by our sense of purpose, by what it is that we want to achieve. And once we understand that and we um, identify it and it's ours, it doesn't have to be the same as anybody else's. It's our purpose. It's our value set. Um, but once we know those, it becomes so much easier to live the life we want to live. Very much. Like so. On to that. So, you know, we're talking about um, us having our own coaches. So quite often my clients are quite shocked when they find out I've got my own coach, my own mentor. And they say, well, you're trained as a coach. And I liken it to when you get a job, you work at a certain level, you learn everything there is to know, and then you jump up and out of the level, you get promotion, and then you're starting at the bottom again. And then you go to another level and you're starting at the bottom again. So you, you hear the analogy about peeling layers of an onion. Our soul will only give us what we're ready to deal with at that time. Mm -hmm. And once we clear that, then new stuff comes up and new stuff comes up. So, yeah, it's, it's so important that we do have a cut. So we're still on our journey yeah. in exactly the same way that our clients are. We're just a little bit ahead of them. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. There is a there is a, a, a thought around that, which is, you know, if, if you've got somebody who's you're on level one say and you've got somebody who's on level 10 they can inspire you but they probably can't make you make choices because actually you can't see how you're ever going to be able to do what they've done they're like too far away you probably want someone who's on wrong rung three or four so actually you can see that that's going to stretch you it's going to make you grow but actually it's not going to send you into mad hysteria or panic at the thought of being able to do it but obviously once you get to level four you need somebody who's going to be on level seven or eight so that you can actually really step into your growth because that's how we learn isn't it we is we learn from other people who who have been there and and, and done that and shown us the way but actually it's got to be that achievable growth I think very much so. I think revisiting what you both were sort of saying about um, your friends and family and how they 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 don't want you to go through pain. I mean, that's a big, big thing when it comes to like success in life and taking that, that chance that you might that you might you know, do really well at, right? Like, they just don't want to see you suffer. And like, I find that really very interesting how, you know, you kind of become the sum of the, what, five to 10 people you hang out with the most, right? And like, this is just, this is just absolutely huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. So uh, leading into my, into my next question, uh, what are some ways that you can use coaching to grow your business or improve your life? Uh, Kim so many ways to be fair I mean as you've said there's so many different types of coaching so you could have um, you could have a life coach uh, you could have a fitness coach you can have a business coach a strategy coach a leadership coach a communications coach I mean pretty much you name it there'll be a coach there that specializes in it it's really about identifying where are the areas where you personally want to grow where you go do you know what these are the things that I really want some some support and some help on where I actually want to just develop my own skill and um, and then finding the right person that, that's got that skill and I think one of the beauties um these days of the, of the coaching industry is that people are getting much more specific about what it is that they do do you know I'm very clear with people that I won't be the right coach for everybody nor will I coach on things that I don't think are in my wheelhouse you know so 
I personally, maybe it's just, you know, three divorces and a stalker. I don't actually coach anybody on anything personal. I don't believe that I have the right to. Um, so, you know, it's not an area of my expertise. Whereas having spent 30 years in corporate life leading teams at board level, can I coach people on how to lead and how to do business strategy? Absolutely. You know, that is an area that I feel that I um, have a proven track record in and I know I can help clients with. But the minute it starts to move somewhere else, it will be a case of actually let me introduce you to somebody who specialises in that area because you need to get the best support that you possibly can. Whereas I think a few years ago, people would go, I'm a coach, I can coach on anything. Um, and actually these days, you don't want a generalist, you want a specialist, you want someone who is going to really understand and where you are and how to help you get to where you want to be. So I think for me, that's where, um, that's why there's so many different coaches. And I think that's a good thing because it allows you then to have people that are really specialised in the area that you're trying to address. Yeah, and if you want to up your game, then you need to be very selective in in, in who you have as coach or coaches, right? I mean, they have to be really very, very good, uh, like you guys, right? Ladies. <laughs> so <laughs> over over to you, uh, Cindy, on this question. What, what are some ways you can use coaching to grow your business or improve your life? Okay, so if I um, think, maybe think about a couple of people that I've helped um, from a business point of view. Um, I've helped people grow their business without without working on their business. It's just been working on the owner. So I had one who um, is very careful to protect confidentiality here, who um, was a female working in a male world and thought she had to behave in a certain way and people would perceive her in a certain way. When we knocked all that out, she went from struggling to turning over six figures. And that was just by working on her mindset. Um, I had another one who had a very successful corporate career, set up her own business, um wasn't was getting the leads wasn't converting them nothing to do with her skills it was all to do that you know self-esteem self-deservability she's now got over 20 members of staff working for her because she managed to knock that on the head so it can you know it can really um, change and then going on to the um the niching and being really good at, at your area i think what's happened over the last year is people have gotten a lot more comfortable with technology so i used to have clients who used to say oh no i can't do it online i just want to see you face to face whereas now people have been forced to go online and what's happening as a result is they don't have to choose somebody in their locality they can actually choose somebody around the world and um and then coaching also, coaches can also coach people around the world. So I think personal branding is going to become really, really important for coaches where you don't try to be like him. You, you know, you, you don't try to um, be a coach to everybody. You pick your niche, you pick your tribe and then accept that 10 percent of people are your tribe. 10 percent of people probably hate you and 80 percent of people won't care. So your focus is just on your tribe on serving the people you can get the best, you know, the best um, um, results with. And uh, I think social media as well has really opened up the whole thing about putting yourself out there the way we, um, we stand out from our community. So it's about building our communities. It's about um, changing how we communicate, bringing more personality in. So like Kim, I don't take everybody that comes to me. I'm not the right coach for anybody, for, for, for everybody. Um, remind me of your question again. <laughs> um, 
No, I think I think I think you've answered, Have I answered it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's basically you know some of the ways you can use coaching to grow your business or improve your life. And I think I think you've answered it. What do you think about improving your life? I mean, in monetary ways, but there are obviously other ways as well, right? Yeah. So I always say that your your business, your life, your relationships can only grow to the extent that you do. So. Um, if you want to know how you are internally in any area of your life, look at what's what you're extract what you're attracting externally. Um, you know, we use the wheel of life in coaching to say what's happening in each area of your life. And quite often when you deal with one area, it impacts on the other. So I've had people who have come to me from a business point of view saying, um, I'm struggling with building relationships with suppliers and clients. And once we work through that stuff, all of a sudden they're, they're, the relationship with their partner, with their children, with their friends completely changes as well. So I think, um, you know, when we work on one area, unconsciously we work on every area because it changes us fundamentally. Yeah. A core belief. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So, Kim, where should I start with my own personal development goals as a coach to be? I think I think for me it's work, it's working out what what is the skill that you know you can help people with. So who is it that you're looking to serve? What is it that you're going to be able to support somebody to do? Because I think often where it's we start things the wrong way around. We start with where should I be? Whereas actually it should be where's my clients? What is it that they're looking to achieve? Where are their pain points that I can help them with? And how do I go and help them with their pain points? It's a bit like, you know, in big organisations when they go and create changes for their client, but they've not been and asked the clients what they're looking for. It's like you're driven by the wrong, by the wrong desire. We are here to serve. And actually, we can only serve people that need to be served. So I think the questions to ask are not what do you need, but who needs you and, and why do they need you? And then how do you go and help them with that? How do you give them some of that content? How do you point them in the right direction to be able to get some of their help? And how do you make sure all of the communications that you're having are designed to help and serve the people that you want to help and serve? Super. Super. So over to you, uh, Cindy, on that one. Uh, where should I start with my own personal development goals as a coach to be? I would say get training. That That is so important. I know that when I was looking for people to train with um, in the early days, some people were saying, come for a weekend, give us £500 and we'll give you a certificate to say that you're a coach. <sighs> And I remember feeling so angry at the time because I was still in my journey of working through my stuff. And I thought, how dare you think that after a weekend you can do anything up to yourself, let alone to anybody else. So um, I would say, you know, look into training, do your due diligence into who you train with. And yes, it's an investment, but I know that I got more out of my own life than I invested in coaching. And we were talking like thousands of pounds back in 2004, 2005, um, because what that will do is it will, that will show you some of your blind spots. So, for example, with the training I did, um, you know, we had the the intensive training sort of like week or whatever it was. And then there was co-coaching with mentors listening in, giving you feedback, um, 
that there was a whole rack you had a reflective journal around how you'd change as a result of, of coaching so it's really going into detail on yourself first to flush out your beliefs your stuff that's that you might bring to a coaching session and learning how to hold that space for a client so you're not bringing your prejudices your biases into that into that session so the first thing um do the research on who to train with do the training yourself and then as you go through the process you'll start to to identify what are the areas that you feel passionate about and then as kim says what do those people in that area want to change that you can help them help? that's fantastic it reminds me of a time when I was practicing Tai Chi and I'd just broken my collarbone probably six months or a year before and this guy said to me oh you're um you know you need to look at that your your left arm's lower than your right arm I said oh well that's nice so um you know how much training in Tai Chi have you had he said oh I did a course in uh, three months in South Africa and I just kind of looked at him and smiled and walked off <laughs> because it takes years, yeah, absolutely years to develop the skills to be able to coach people. And I agree completely. You've got to get rid of the biases. That's just like, a, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because otherwise you're bringing that into other people's lives, right, and giving them advice when you're not there to really give them advice, are you? You're there to help them on the journey, yeah? So, I've got one last question and then we'll and then we'll wrap up. And if anyone wants to ask a question, they can drop it in the comments. Um, do you have any advice for coaches that would make their work easier, uh, Kim? Um Yeah, so I would say have a really good process. The things that we learn when we were doing our training and and it sounds like it was very similar you know you had to do the um you had to do the training then you had to do the observed um coaching sessions and then you did the follow-up of those and then you reflected on what you've learned you do all of that because it's really really good practice um and it's a really good discipline because it allows you to work through kind of you know what are you learning what what, what worked well for you in that particular conversation what was the killer question it's one of the great things that coaches build up over time is a bank of killer questions. <laughs> Those ones that once you put them out there, it just unlocks something for somebody else. But actually, if you're too busy doing it and you don't take that time to reflect and see how you've grown, how you've developed, how did that one work? Have you got a new bank of questions that's really going to um, help people get out of their own way, unlock that um thinking for them so that they can really see a, a way forward so you know for me one of the things that I do every week is I go back and I reflect on every session that I've had and I still fill in my reflective diary because that's how I grow it's how I learn it's when I realize that there was a question that really really worked I write it down it's like brilliant that's going to be in my little bank of you know I'm going to try this one I'm going to try this one again because I know that it works so I think sometimes the disciplines that we learn when we're training are ones that we should keep with us because actually we had them for a reason. They were a really good way of helping you to learn your craft, to learn your skill. And you know, one of the questions that I constantly ask myself as a coach is why am I speaking? Um, so I'll be asking that myself in my head because actually my role as the coach 
is to be asking the right questions of the clients to get them speaking. So if I'm speaking a lot, I'm possibly moving myself into mentoring rather than coaching. So it's a good way of just keeping yourself honest on how you're showing up with that client. Thank you. So, Cindy, do you have any advice for coaches that would make their work easier? I said that the first the thing that came up was um, once you've had some experience in coaching learn to use your intu- intuition and get out of your own way in your own head um, I remember when I first started you know like can we say you come out with a bank of questions I remember having all these posters around and thinking like what questions should I ask you know so what happens then you end up more focused on yourself whereas once you've had some experience once you start becoming more intuitive you start picking up things that aren't obviously there. And that's where you get your mic drop moments. That's when the the bulbs go on, the light bulbs go on. And um, the other thing is talk to other coaches, you know, don't try and do everything yourself, you know, learn, you know, share best practices, um, talk to other, other coaches. And, you know, people say, aren't coaches your um, competition? And I always say, no, if they're, if they're properly trained and they're operating from a place of integrity, then they're my, um, you know, they're the people I can collaborate with. My competition are the people who say that their coaches haven't had the training and damaged the industry through that reputation. Um, and even then, I believe people do it with the best intention and maybe with a bit of naivety. So there's no knocking them either. But, um, yeah, just be just very mindful about who you're actually collaborating with because you know I would say that when you refer somebody on to somebody else, with that person goes your reputation. So just be really conscious. Yeah, very much so. So yeah, I mean, if there are any questions, we can answer. But I think uh, we're, we're we're going to sort of wrap up. And you guys have been really really insightful with your uh, with your answers to these super questions. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a. It's an amazing thing to be involved with uh, with Master Mindset and the Elite Coaches Club, and we'll be uh, people will be hearing a lot more about that over the next few months, weeks, years, whatever. And uh, yeah, it's um, exciting time right now, I think, for coaches and also for uh, for business people, you know, because there's so much knowledge available, but it's actually being able to access the right knowledge, I think, and that's um, you know massively important. Having the right coaches, the right knowledge, the right mentors, uh, and going in the right direction with your purpose and everything is is just uh, fantastic, super exciting. So, thank you all for watching, and uh, thanks very much, ladies. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.